Hey everyone, welcome back to This is Steph Sober, the podcast. I'm your host, Steph, an ex-binge drinker who is now a sober lifestyle blogger, as well as a wife and mother. In this episode, I want to talk about why I have a hard time being around drunk people. Now, most of you probably are just going to assume that I'm going to talk about how they're annoying. And we all know drunk people can be a little annoying, a little obnoxious, they repeat themselves. But that's not what bothers me most. My reasons may surprise you or they may resonate with you. So I want to start by talking about early sobriety for me and what that looked like. I went into sobriety thinking to myself, I am going to be able to still hang out with everyone I've been hanging out with. I don't care if they drink. I just choose not to drink. It's going to be fine. Nothing's going to change. We're all going to still hang out. We're all going to still have a good time. That was what was on my mind when I went into sobriety very early on. What I also did in early sobriety for myself was educate myself on the effects alcohol has on our bodies. For me, I needed to have a lot of negative evidence stacked up against alcohol for times when I wanted to give in and to, you know, when I had a case of the fuck it's, I'm just going to drink um, because like most of us, this wasn't my first try <laughs> getting sober. So I definitely um, really needed like these things for my willpower and to like back up. I needed facts and the amount of information I consumed may or may not have been overkill, but for me, it was exactly what I needed to never want to drink again. And when I say that, I can say that with full conviction and confidence. What I know now about alcohol, I never want to drink again. I read a lot of Quitlet, but the biggest thing was listening to podcasts like Sober Powered. I will put all these in the show notes, by the way. Sober Powered, Jill, she gives all these scientifical things on why we drink, why we can't stop drinking, why we can't moderate. Like she gives scientific facts that you can't argue against. And that was a big one for me. That podcast really helped me, um, you know, solidify, like I'm never drinking again. Like it turned, I wanted to be completely turned off by the alcohol and it worked. Um, the Huberman podcast, it's like a two hour long one. I will, I'll share that too. I talk about that one in other podcasts as well. It's two hours, so you might have to break it up. Um, but the shit he tells you, once again, you know, he's a he's a biologist, I believe, and this it, it will blow your mind. And so I think these things are really important if you're someone like me who really needs to have some negative evidence against why you're not gonna ever drink again, and you need these things as your reminders. The problem with that, and this is where I have a hard time being around drunk people. The problem with that is now that I know all these things, when I'm around people who are overindulging in alcohol, and it's usually, obviously, I I hang out with 
the people I love when they are overindulging in alcohol. So these are people I care about, not just going to the bar. Like I haven't gone to a bar since I got sober early. I didn't really enjoy the bar scene um, when I was a drinker. So I definitely have like no desire to go and drink NAs around a bunch of people I don't know. So I now know way too much, right? I know all the negative effects it's going to have on, on your body and, um, being around people that I love and watching them ingest this poison into their bodies. For me, it feels like I'm watching them set themselves on fire and I don't have a fire extinguisher to put that out. I feel helpless. I get angry on the inside and I don't know what to do because I know sitting there and lecturing them and making them feel bad about their drinking is not going to work, right? I know the best thing that I can do is to lead by example and to show them what sobriety looks like, prove to them that it isn't boring, that life actually is better. But it's very, very hard for me to do. I have a very, very hard time being around them with a tight lip. Like, (laughs) it's so hard. You know, a lot of people, when they are around others that drink and they're sober, newly sober, or sometimes not even newly sober, they get caught up in it and they wish that they could drink too, right? They get caught up in the moment and they're like, oh man, like, I wish I could be drinking with them. I don't ever feel that way. I can be honest with you because I have learned so much. I don't ever think, God damn, I wish I could have a beer with them right now or I wish I could be doing that shot. It's quite the opposite for me. I actually... Um, feel really, really bad for them and I worry about them. I think about what it's doing to their health. I think about what it's doing for their relationships Um, and I worry about their safety. I worry about, are they going to drive? What happens when they get home? Are they going to make it in the door? Are they going to fall down the stairs? Like These things bother me. And the fact that People glorify this behavior is another level of this that infuriates me. You know, when someone gets intoxicated and they're starting to lose their motor skills and they're slurring their words and everyone's laughing about it and poking fun and, you know, buying them another drink. I used to be right there with them. It wasn't very often that I was the one getting made fun of for being overly intoxicated because while I would definitely drink my fair share. Um, I was, I'm a control freak. And so I always tried to stay in control, which was just like, why bother drinking alcohol and then fight trying to stay in control? Like, can you, like, I just think about it. No wonder I was so tired all the time. Like the energy it must've took for me to get that drunk, but then like try to like keep my shit together. It's exhausting. There's a lot of people that don't and can't and those people get to be like kind of the laughing stock of the party and it's sad because these people are have literally just 
poisoned themselves. Like that's why they're in the state they're in. Their body is intoxicated. It's full of a toxin that's breaking down parts of their brain and they're not able to walk. They're not able to drive. They can hardly talk. And we find this funny and we egg it on. And I'm going to stop saying we because I don't do that anymore. And I, and when I did do it, it really wasn't in alignment with who I was, to be honest. I didn't feel good doing that. And I'm sure people who knew me, they're like, oh, whatever, you're just saying that. And that's fine. Um, but I really, truly, it was not in alignment with who I am. I, I feel so much better stepping away from that environment and not being a part of that, egging that on when, when someone is already well past their limit. And it's honestly a huge turnoff for me. It always has been. Um, even more so now that I'm sober, it's just, it's a huge turnoff and I don't, I don't find it, um, funny or entertaining. And the problem is, is it it does, it does like it egg on the behavior or the addiction for that person too. Right. Because if you're making them feel good about being in that state, you know, and the next day you're calling them, Oh God, you were so funny last night. And they're like, well, what did I do? Well, you did this, this, you know, and they're, they have a pounding headache, but then they're like, Oh, well, I guess I was the life of the party. I know not everybody agrees with that, but I know that there's people, I know people personally who really do get off on that. And it is kind of what keeps it going. It kind of feeds the beast because they, they love being the entertainment value for others because it's a form of attention. And, and it's sad because that's going to be really hard for them to let go of that identity uh, and, and the addiction that they have to the alcohol. Another way that I like to describe how I feel, a lot of people close to me know that, now know, now since getting sober, because they've asked a million times why, I'd, why I quit drinking. Well, you didn't have a problem, blah, blah, blah. So then you have to explain, <laughs> as some of you I'm sure know, um, especially if you were like me, where you really did a good job of surrounding yourself with people that drank just as much or more than you. Um, and then I also... Like I said, I always kept myself in control um, and, and made it seem like I had my shit together where, you know, I was having major anxiety attacks all the time. And so when I explain that to people and I tell them, you know, my health, um, I have an autoimmune disease. And at this point right now, it's actually on the mend um, since I quit drinking. So I don't have all the the final results. Um, I'm still working on some blood work and we're still giving it more time, but it's trending to go into remission. And I will definitely do a podcast to update on all of that as soon as I've got some final stats there, but it's definitely trending towards remission. And I struggled with this autoimmune disease for five years. And to know that, you know, I gave up gluten and dairy and um, uh, but drank like a fish because of my anxiety and just to know that all I had to do was take away the alcohol and my mental health was getting better. My physical health is getting better to tell people that and to tell them like, that's why it was a problem, right? It wasn't a problem. Was I an alcoholic? I don't know. Maybe I, I don't identify with that and I have a hard time with that term. Um, but you know, Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know how you, I don't even know if you can be diagnosed. I think it's all just based off of maybe like, like 
lifestyle and, and the way, you know, you, you treated your drinking habits. I don't know. But after explaining to them all of that and what it's done to my life and they're just like, oh, that's horrible while they're sipping their drink, I feel like this. Like I just told them about an ex-boyfriend who was physically and mentally abusive to me. And they're sitting there with their arm around him saying, God, that's horrible that he did that to you. But he won't do that to me. I'm good. I can handle him. That's how I feel. But that's another big thing on why I have a really hard time. And you know, I'm fully aware fully aware that these are all my issues, right? Like I can't, and this goes back to being a control freak. I can't control other people's behavior. I can't. I know that I'm going to therapy. I'm working through that, but I started this podcast to be completely vulnerable and honest about the things that I'm going through in sobriety and the things that I feel and it's raw. And if I'm feeling it, I'm guessing there's probably at least one other person out there that feels it too. And I want them to know that our feel, all our feelings are legitimate. They're legit. And the only way through them is to call them out, name it to tame it. And so this is kind of my way of putting it out there, calling it out and, uh, letting others know if they feel this way too, that they're not alone in feeling like that. So since getting sober, I have, like this past year, cause it's almost been a year, I have watched so many lives of people that I used to drink with. I've watched their lives unravel and come undone. And I don't think any of them look at it that way because they're on the inside. Um, We've had someone die from alcohol. We have a friend who's gotten two DUIs, lots of legal fees and, and things like that. We've got two divorces. We've got someone that got sober and clean but is moving away because... They can't be around the people that influenced their drinking. We've got someone who got in trouble at work for being intoxicated and drunk at work. And this is just within the last year. And these are all people very close to us. And it scares the shit out of me because I still have a lot of close people that drink. And I have a lot of close people that drink a lot. And... To say that I worry about them is like an understatement, but I know I can't control it and I have to just keep spreading the word. I have to keep being there for those people if and when they're ready. They know that I'm here. They know that I'm here. I mean, I I don't judge. I can't judge because I was there. And I was exactly in the frame of mind that they were in. So I can't judge and I never will. And all I can do is listen 
be an example and share my story. So hopefully this helped someone. Um, Hopefully this resonated and helped someone, you know, realize that they're not alone in these thoughts or these worries. And we need to just keep focusing on ourselves and on our own health and keep talking about the benefits of not drinking and keep showing up. And, and it's okay to talk about all your achievements now that you're sober, like be proud of that shit and talk about it, post about it, share it. Because the more we do that, you know, we will get, we will get the word out. All right. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me today. Remember, I am just a woman on a mission to normalize sobriety and living a sober lifestyle. I am not a licensed therapist or a doctor. Please, if alcohol is causing serious physical or mental health issues, seek professional help. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Be sure to follow so you don't miss future episodes. And just so you know, leaving a five-star review will help this podcast reach more people like you and in the sober community. It's an easy way to do your part in normalizing a sober lifestyle. Because I truly believe that nobody should feel alone in sobriety. And that being said, feel free to reach out to me or anyone on the sober Instagram community. Check out my show notes for my Instagram handle at thisisstephsober. My DMs are always open.